welcome to Tea and Strumpets. I'm Kelsey, and welcome to part three of our Escondido Library Chats all about romance. Today, we'll be talking about getting started in romance with Allison Ashley and Yafa Santos. This episode was recorded on May 9th, 2020. And today, Zoe's chatting with two debut authors, as in their first book was published this year. How exciting! So just a reminder, these were done via Facebook live stream, so the audio quality and the editing is not quite what you're used to on our podcast, but these were live chats with really wonderful authors, so I know you're still going to enjoy it. And for those of you who haven't listened to these episodes yet and do not know, these were also recorded on video, which you can check out if you head on over to the Escondido Library YouTube, and that is linked in the show notes if you want to get directly there. We want to give a huge thank you to the Escondido Public Library and librarian Jessica Buck for inviting us to participate. Next week, for you, we will have another Julia Quinn second epilogue. This time, we will be discussing The Viscount Who Loved Me. So we hope you enjoy this episode with Allison Ashley and Yafa Santos talking all about getting started in romance. Hello again, and welcome everyone to the Escondido Public Library Romance Chat Series. In this series, we've been talking to different authors that span the subgenres of romance. I'm Jessica Buck, librarian, and I'm joined by Zoe from Tia Strumpet's podcast. There she is. <laughs> Zoe is part of our Library Romance Book Club, and her podcast is devoted to romance novels. This romance chat series began with the hope to bring together romance authors and readers, and I am so happy that you decided to join us today. During the chat, we will be monitoring the Facebook comments, so if you have any questions you want to ask the authors, just put those in the comments and we'll try to get to those. So before I introduce the authors, I'm going to let Zoe talk a little bit. Hi everyone, I'm Zoe, and before we get into our authors, as Jessica said, I just wanted to do a quick introduction of the romance genre for anyone who hasn't joined us before or, again, is joining us for the first time. So let's start from the beginning. What is romance? So generally, we agree to define it as a romance novel or romantic novel is a type of novel and genre fiction which places its primary focus on the relationship and romantic love between two or more people and usually has an emotionally satisfying and optimistic ending, which we call the happily ever after or sometimes a happily for now. So today we're talking to two authors, as you can see again, um, but these authors that we're speaking to today are just starting out their professional journeys as they are both publishing their debut romance novels this year. Okay, so, so today <laughs> we are joined by the two debut romance novel authors, Allison Ashley and Yafa S. Santos. So Allison is an oncology pharmacist who spends her days focused on helping patients through one of the hardest things life can throw at them. And with the publication of her debut novel, Perfection Distraction, a romance author. Ooh. Her novel is available everywhere books are sold and is also available through the library via Hoopla. We are also joined by Yafa Santos, born and raised in New Jersey. A solo trip to Dominican Republic and her teenage years changed her relationship to her Dominican heritage and sparked a passion for cooking and its singular ability to bring people together. 
Yaffa is graduate of Sarah Lawrence College, where she studied writing and visual art. She has lived in a lot of places, New York, Philadelphia, Santo Domingo, and now lives in Florida with her family. Her first book, A Taste of Sage, is available for pre-order and will be on sale May 19th, at which point you can borrow it from the library. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us today. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, um, we're so excited because we have a lot of questions um, that we came up with and also some of our Instagram friends came up with. So we definitely are uh, have a lot of people who are interested in what it's like to become a romance novelist, which you guys have done. So congratulations. <laughs> Pretty awesome. So we're going to start out um, with a question I like to ask kind of at any romance novelist, which is, when did you first start reading romance and what inspired you to take the journey from reader to writer? And to make this a little less confusing, I'll, I'll throw it to one of you guys first and then we'll, we'll go over to the other just so we don't uh, jump. So um, Allison, you want to start off, start us off with this one? Sure. Um, so the first part of it, when I started reading romance, the first time I remember, I've always been an avid reader, but the first time I remember picking up romance was um, during my training as a pharmacist. I had a year of residency in a different state from my husband and my family. And so I was living by myself and it was the first time I'd been given an e-reader. And I just, I think I freaked out with the idea that I could just click and buy books at my fingertip and I could immediately read them. And I think I must have read a hundred books that year. I, but I, um, actually Zoe, I started with historical romance. So that was actually what I read, um, very heavily at the beginning. Uh, and it's funny cause I don't write historical at all, but I still love it. Um, but that's when I remember starting reading romance and I've really branched out to all types. Uh, I'm not uh, picky. I'll do contemporary, paranormal, historical, anything. Um, and it wasn't until after I'd started my career and after having kids, actually, that I thought about kind of finding that creative side of myself again, that I'd kind of lost being a mom. Um, I love being a mom, but I kind of lost a little part of myself kind of before that. And so that's when I kind of thought, I wonder if I could do that. You know, I love reading them and maybe I'll try writing them. So that's kind of how it came about. Awesome. And how about you, Yaha? I was about 16 years old when I first started reading romance. Um, my grandmother was an avid historical romance reader. And one day she just grabbed a novel and, you know, chucked it at me and said, you know, here, read this. No explanation, no context. Just so that was Island Flame by Karen Robards. <laughs> and I mean, I was 16. So I obviously had a very different perception at the time than I, you know, I did when I was in my thirties, came back and, and talked about this and realized, you know, there really were some issues with the, I mean, it was, there was a 17 year old protagonist with a 35 year old love interest, but the time since she's older than me, I thought, you know, well, she's older than me, so it must be okay. <laughs> so it, it only, it took coming back to, you know, her becoming mature to realize like, hmm, but so I'm not recommending that one anymore necessarily. <laughs> But that's how I started. And what inspired me, I mean, I always loved writing. I, I always wrote. And I think just since it was the, the genre that I read in the most widely, eventually my, my fiction writing began to take on a, a romantic slant. Awesome. 
Um, sorry, I was just arranging my questions a little differently because once you guys said that, I thought, oh, I want to ask things in a different order. Uh, <laughs> got to roll with it. So I, I, got, I got distracted by my, uh, by my document here. But um, uh, Jessica, you want to take us to the next one? Yes, absolutely. So we want to know about your first book. Why did you want to write this story first? And is this the first book you've ever written or do you have notebooks full of writings under your bed that you've hidden away? <laughs> so Yafa, you want to start us off here? Well, I feel, I feel seen. <laughs> I have notebooks that have followed me somehow. Like Jessica said, I've moved a lot, but somehow they always seem to come with me, even if I don't plan it. And um, I had attempted to write a novel before this current one, but this is the first one that I completed and I felt a sense of, of completion with, I felt comfortable with where I was with it. Um, what inspired me, I mean, my main character Lumi is a Dominican American living in uh, upper Manhattan and I've been a Dominican American living in upper Manhattan. <laughs> so that's probably where it started. I started thinking about just the neighborhood and then also I came up with the idea of having a, a woman chef who's working in New York. Um, I worked in the service industry in New York also too. So that was another connection for me. Mm -hmm. And at some point I decided I wanted to have another aspect that's also like beyond the five senses, which where, where I came to the idea of her being able to taste food and know what the person was feeling when they cooked it. Very cool. I'm excited. Um, I've yeah, read the blurb it. and I think it sounds really cool. <laughs> Allison? Um, so the question about if it was the first book or other books I've written. So also I feel like, why are you attacking me? Uh, <laughs> but so, you know, Perfect Distraction is not the first book I wrote. I actually wrote three full length novels before getting to that one. And it's funny because when you start writing, if you're not, you know, real knowledgeable about the process, which who is when they start, uh, you know, I kind of had this perfect idea in my head that I would, you know, write them and publish them in order and they were all going to go, you know, a certain way. And um, when I was writing the first three, this idea, and they have nothing to do with my day job, they have, they're not medical at all. I had this idea forming in my mind about a job or a book where the heroine has the same job as me, where she's an oncology pharmacist. And maybe there was, you know, a romance formed with um, a patient which I feel like I should sneak in there that that's never happened to me. A lot of people ask me that <laughs> if you ever, you know, fallen for a patient now. Um, but it was just kind of something that's been sitting in the back of my mind for years. And so when I actually sat down to write it, it just came so easy. And I actually wrote the majority of the book in about a month. It's by far the fastest I've ever written a book. It just poured out of me. Um, and so um, it just, it was kind of a write what you know situation, which is why I felt like writing that one. Um, you know, just having a full-time job and having two young kids, you know, I kind of mentioned I love historical romance, but the idea of all the research that goes into that, I just can't ever imagine having enough time. So I figured, you know, if, if I'm going to write something, but still have all these other, you know, responsibilities and jobs that I still want to keep, then I'm going to write what I know. And so that's kind of um, where that came from. And also it just seemed a little different. I've never read a book about a pharmacist. So uh, why not uh, have us represented in the romance genre? So. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and I'm curious, and I'm sure that I'm not the only one, but um, I think for everyone, um, 
probably who, who attempts to write a book or who does write a book, um, it's a very different process. You know, I know that um, lots of people tackle it differently, but for you, what was the most challenging aspect of writing your first book? Or I guess it's maybe not your first, but writing, how about this book? <laughs> um, so uh, this time, Allison first. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think, to be honest, my struggle with most of the books I've written has actually been very similar, um, especially being someone that likes romance. I, I totally get that conflict and tension is important to keep it moving, but I tend to um, air towards, oh, I just want to write the happy, you know, love uh, areas and just with the flirting and the fun. And it is the hardest thing in every single book I write has been putting enough conflict and tension in there. I do not like being mean to my characters. <laughs> and so my agent and my critique partners, they constantly are getting on me to say, you have to be mean. Like you have to have it be harder for them. Like that's what makes it all, all the sweeter when they do finally get together. Um, I don't know if I'll ever overcome that struggle. So, so far that's been every book. <laughs> so that's mine. Yeah. I think that the challenge was finishing it. And also since I had written a prior novel, um, the anxiety that came up around, you know, am I going to be able to finish it? Um, going back and forth. Cause I made an outline at the beginning, but then I would go and scratch things out and add things and, as, as I went on, the characters kind of took on a life of their own. So some things I thought would be so easy made no sense anymore. And I had to just you know, cross them out and start over. So I think more than actually finishing it, it was the anxiety about, am I going to be able to finish it? But once, you know, once I got a clear idea of how I wanted to go, it, it flowed a lot better. Awesome. Jessica? It must have taken you guys a lot of time, and that kind of goes into our next question. Are you writing full-time, or do you have a day job? How's that going? Let's we'll start with Yaffa. Okay. Um, I do have a day job. I do social media management for an online school. So it is a question of balancing time between day job, writing, um, family, children, now homeschooling because of the situation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my goodness yeah. yeah and we know a little bit Allison about your job but if you want to talk more about that and kind of how timing and maybe just going because I, I'm imagining that your job can get emotional at times mm -hmm. just how that kind of affects your writing yeah that's actually you know even though I started reading romance you know well before I was in an oncology specialty it I think that's one reason why I've really never deviated to anything else. And that's also sort of why it was the genre I wrote. Um, reading it and writing it is sort of my escape. Um, I truly love my job, uh, but you're absolutely right that it's very, it can be very difficult. Um, and toddlers can be very difficult. So both, <laughs> uh, you know, after a long day, you know, at the cancer center where I work and then, you know, after the kids are in bed, that's kind of my writing time. So I really pretty much every day, 
um, from 8 p.m. ish until I can't keep my eyes open is when I write. Um, so it's it's kind of finally when I can kind of debrief and escape from the stress and the kind of hard stuff and escape into a happy world of love, which is also probably why I hate writing <laughs> the tension because <laughs> I just want it all to be happy. So, uh, but it definitely is kind of my way to get away from it for a little while. absolutely romance is the escape for sure but it's so much more than just an escape um as we all know um but i won't deviate too much into that discussion right now but um because i want to talk about um publishing you you guys are both publishing your first uh romance novel i believe this year so i want to know um what was your journey to publishing like how did that happen um how did, where did you start and how did you get there? So, um, I can't remember who we started with last time, but Yafa, you want to start us off? (laughs) Sure. Um, I queried for about two years before I connected with my agent. And Uh, can you tell people who don't know what that means, what that means? (laughs) Oh yeah, sure. I wrote letters to agents to see if they would represent me. I sent them a small portion of the book, depending on what they asked for. Some would ask for five pages, some 10 pages, some the whole thing. So, you know, I was constantly like cutting and pasting to make what they were asking for. So I did that. I wrote the letters to agents for about two years, um, you know, just rejections the whole time. And yeah, about after about two years, I finally got a yes. And that's good because I was about to give up. So it was in a good time. And how, what happened after you got a yes from an agent? So then I had the book go to the London book fair and that's where it was read by uh, my editor who expressed interest and we connected we talked over the phone she read the manuscript and then we agreed to work together wow that Uh, comes out in just about a week right ish yes it comes out may 19th that's exciting stressful right now for you it'll be great (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you Allison I believe your book came out earlier this month or fairly recently it was it was uh March 23rd I believe so it's been about two months right now sorry no please (laughs) I totally get it you know having a release during a pandemic has been it's hard to it's hard to know how to feel about it some days I'm like oh well people are at home reading and some days I think why did this happen? So, you know, it's both. (laughs) Another author who I spoke to, um, on our podcast recently said her husband called it the worst time to sell something since world war (laughs) two, but (laughs) which is, which is sad, but I mean, it's, uh, it's funny too. But if anything, (laughs) if, if you are to sell anything, I feel like books are one of the things to choose right now. You know, (laughs) I I totally agree. I, I feel like people are, are voraciously reading right now. Yeah, oh, I know I am. <laughs> I just got a few books in the mail I'm excited about, so. <laughs> That's where all the money's going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're helping the economy, guys, buy our books. Yeah. <laughs> so, Allison, how about your publishing journey? How did that go? So, mine, I feel like it, it was kind of a whirlwind. I had actually queried my first book that I wrote for about four months, um, right before... NaNoWriMo, which I'll briefly say that is kind of a, uh, 
a competition is kind of a weird word because it's actually a lot of people doing it together, but it's kind of a competition with yourself where people band together the month of November and try to write a full length novel in a month. And that's actually, so it was that plus the idea of perfect distraction that pushed me to write it in a month. So I'd been querying up to that point and I wrote perfect distraction in November and on December, like the second week of December, there was one of those Twitter pitch events, pit mad. And I knew it was probably a horrible idea because I had literally just written it and I hadn't really cleaned it up much, but on a whim, I figured, well, why not? I pitched Perfect Distraction on Twitter um, and got several agent likes, which if they like your tweet, it means that they think it's interesting and would like you to query them, basically. Um, And so I really hadn't expected much. It was kind of just a practice and the, you know, pitch event. And, um, actually that is how I got signed with my agent. So it was really, um, it happened very quickly for that book, even though I'd been querying before. Um, and so we kind of cleaned it up with my agent a little bit. She kind of has an editorial mindset and within a few months we'd sent it out to publishers, um, and entangled is, uh, the publisher who, uh, picked it up to put it out and they published it in about a year, um, from the time that they kind of, you know, we signed the contract, which is relatively quick. It's them being kind of a primarily digital publisher, things moved a little faster, which is kind of nice. Um, instead of, you know, all these authors, I know it's been two, three years from when they sign their contract, when their book comes out, patience is not one of my virtues. So it's been, it's been really nice. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. The, the whirlwind, I think it's interesting because I feel like any, but everybody who I talk to, uh, that has become an author, um, has a completely different story. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it can be, yeah. you know, it can be the blink of an eye and a first try, or it can be years later before success comes. And I think that just shows like to keep doing what you love and, and, uh, mm-hmm. keep at it and good things hopefully will come. Yeah, I agree. So Allison, you were talking about how Twitter was how you were kind of, how you connected with um, everyone. So what kind of resources did you use, not only just in writing, but in connecting with publishers, in connecting with other writers? What kind of resources were available to you? Um, During the writing process, I was really lucky to have actually a colleague that I work with, who a character in the book is based off her, she knew a pretty um, prolific romance uh, novelist who'd published several, I think, 13 or 14 novels. And so she lived in my town and she connected us. And so I sort of had a romance novelist mentor um, as I was writing the book. So that was something that I was very lucky to have. Um, It's not easy to find, you know, it's super important to find people in the writing community, but finding someone who's willing to mentor you who'd published a lot, it was um, extremely helpful. So I would never have gotten here without her help. Um, And then I think really, it feels weird to say Twitter, again, but it is like, for me, it has been such a great place to connect, um, with other writers, agents and publishers and editors are all over Twitter. I mean, of all the social media sites, that's where I feel like the writing community is the most active, whether it's other writers or professionals of the industry. So I really, um, I am so glad that I joined it just for the writing element. I didn't know how to use it before then. Uh, the first time I tried to retweet something to get like a, uh, 
agent's manuscript review or something. I did it wrong. So I you know, <laughs> didn't know how to do anything, but I, you know, it's, it's gotten better. So I think those are probably my biggest resources. Yeah. Social media is amazing. It's been changing the world ever since we started using it. And how about you? Are you on Twitter? Sorry, Zoe. I was just saying it's great and terrible at the same time. I mean, oh yeah. (laughs) I know I was reading someone saying that they always hope that they're, they never trend. Uh, (laughs) It's usually not a good thing. (laughs) No. Yeah. You don't want to trend. So yeah. But what resources do you use? Do you rely heavily on social media to, to connect with people? Do you go to any kind of meetings? What, what, what are the resources that you, that you like? Well, I started out with two critique partners when I first started the novel. And these were people I knew from college time who were also actively writing. And then I did go on to Twitter and I connected with a group of about 20 women who were all uh, beta reading each other's work. And that helped me a lot. It helped me to, to be with them and to also to be reading other people's work as well as getting their feedback. So I would say Twitter has been a huge resource. Also just doing all the, the pitch events, like Allison mentioned, um, helped a lot in terms of refining my pitch. I mean, this is a learning curve. When I first started, like I didn't even know, you know, what should be in a pitch or, I mean, we know basically what a pitch is for like, for what, you know, generally, but for this specific, for writing, you know, at first I I didn't know what to put in there. I didn't know what would make it pop. So that's been a huge learning curve, like learning all the pitching, um, Mm -hmm. everything that, that goes into, you know, getting connected to the agent, connecting with editor, et cetera. Well, I'm so happy that both of you are on Twitter because that's how you found out about these chats and that's why you're here today. (laughs) So thank you, Twitter. (laughs) I spend too much time on there. I've noticed my writing productivity has gone down since I've gotten better at Twitter. (laughs) Don't we all spend too much time on there? (laughs) To get sucked in. I've put yeah. limits on my phone for, for apps, but then it's also really easy to click the ignore yeah. <laughs> limit, but at least I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. um, so when you guys went through this publishing process of your first book, I'm curious what aspects of the publishing process surprised you? Um, was there anything that kind of came out of left field or was more difficult or easier than you thought it would be? Uh, and we'll start with uh, Yafa for this. I think just the way that things were compared to my experience. For example, when I uh, had my cover, I mean, my title, I was told a lot, you know, don't get too attached to your title because you're not going to be able to keep it. Your title is going to be changed. But actually, my title, A Taste of Stage, is the same title that I had, I mean, I did have a, pri- a prior title, which I experimented with, but ultimately when I was querying and when I connected with my agent, that was the title that I was using. So I was surprised by that. And um, cover, I think that I expected to have a little bit more. I mean, I wanted something totally, I wanted like very like abstract pictures of fruit and they were just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> grateful because I I love the cover now is it okay if I show for like two seconds no absolutely please being this yeah and it's very colorful 
It's very, you know, it has. The, I love how sassy she looks. Yeah. So I ended up loving it, but at the first, at, at the beginning, I, you know, I was disappointed because I wanted my, you know, like comfort me with apples scene and that didn't happen, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> it's funny you say that about your title. Um, uh, another book that came out just last year was Bringing Down the Duke. And the author of that one told me she just picked that title because she thought that it sounded you know it had that kind of alliterative moment in it and it sounded like something you've heard but she just never expected it to go all the way and so Allison same question um so I think it, it was interesting and not necessarily surprising just with how much kind of reading and research I'd done about the traditional publishing process but I will say it was true um, how, I don't want to say how little control an author has, because I do think traditional publishers, I think they know what they're doing. So I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I barely knew what I was doing writing the book. So I think it, I certainly benefited from their knowledge and their experience, but there was a lot that was just, this is how we're doing it. You're okay with that, you know? <laughs> and so in that, but I think it's all been for, you know, for the, the better. Um, my, my title, actually, my first title was Six Cycles because he gets, uh, it's Cycles of Chemo. And I had a friend who said, it sort of makes me think of menstrual cycles. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe we should change it. <laughs> uh, so it got changed. It wasn't romancy enough. Um, I love the new title. It's actually from a line in the book, which I think is fun. Whenever I'm okay. reading a book and I kind of come across where the title came from, I'm always like, title drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, as far as the cover entangled, it's really neat that they have um, this whole spreadsheet or this whole thing that I can fill out about any ideas I did have. Um, they did not use any of them. However, similar to Yaffa, um, which all, mine's back here, I, I would never have picked like kind of the chairs, like empty chairs, almost like a waiting room. Um, but there's like a little um, EKG with a heart on the title, which it being a medical romance, I loved. So I would have never come up with any of that. So even though it, it was nothing like what I had in mind, I adore it. Um, so I, it is all, anything that has been quote out of my control, I've been very happy with the outcome. So that's probably why it is that way. <laughs> I think you guys both scored fantastic covers. They're, uh, they're just, they're very visual and memorable. I mean, covers right now, it, it's funny because I feel like um, I also recently entered kind of the, the social world of romance and was surprised by all the bookstagrammers and, you know, all the people talking about it on Twitter and, um, and how kind of important the covers became as, as someone who was primarily an e-reader reader. I almost always flipped past the covers and never noticed them and didn't see them in color because they were just ink. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just like, I have to collect more of them. And I want to have the physical copy because there's something really exciting about these, the covers. So yeah, there's definitely like the covers. I, I, we have the old adage of don't judge a book by its cover, but at the same time, like they're still mm -hmm. really compelling. <laughs> so yeah, I think the people that design and do the art is amazing. At my last Romance Book Club meeting, we were talking about how much we love the well-met cover, um, yeah. Jen DeLuca's book. And we had another book. We're like, that looks really similar. I wonder if it's the same person that designed it. And it was. So it's so funny how the, 
they kind of have a similar look and it just, you're just attracted to that cover. Both of your covers are just gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really curious. Like you kind of have, have answered this question, but I want to look a little bit more about what attracted you to write the story that you wrote. So let's start with Yapa. Sure. Um, let's see. Well, like I said, I was coming off working on another novel and the other one was sort of personal where the characters were kind of closer to me and I realized that I needed to have some more distance where it could be a character where we have the same identity, but just something where it's dealing with a different environment, different issues. And there has to be that distance because that, that helps me creatively. So um, at the time, my sister was also in culinary school and she'd been telling me all these stories about the chefs and the, the drama, the crying. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I just thought, you know, this has to be a story. This, this is incredible. And I, I also, I, cooking is something that's very important to me. I do like to cook regularly and that kind of fed into, you know, wanting to be interacting with food in, in the written word as well as cooking. So I started with the idea of having Lumi be a chef in her restaurant. One of the things that was really hard when I lived in New York was seeing the restaurants that were so creative and so well thought out and still didn't succeed. Mm. And, you know, no matter how many cups of tea you wanted to buy to keep them going, you couldn't do it yourself. So that was something that I wanted to have her go through and ultimately find her way back and reestablish her, you know, whatever that success would look like for her. So uh, Julian's character was actually, who is the male main character, was actually a character from a short story that I was working on where they were totally separate. And, you know, as I was thinking, like Allison said about adding more conflict and tension, I was thinking, you know, what other characters can I add in? So I thought, you know, it came to mind, I, I could add Julian. And my first reaction was like, oh no, they'll hate each other. Then I realized, you know, oh, okay. That <laughs> yeah. works out. There you go. So I went from there. That's great. Cool. How about you ask Allison? Um, so I think there's a couple reasons or a couple just more details about wanting to write, you know, kind of something I knew. I think um, it was important to me to show what it's like from the provider point of view. Um, I feel like, um, you know, cancer is a hard subject, uh, for anybody. It's hard to write about. It's hard when you, if, you know, know someone who's gone through it, if you've gone through it, um, you know, cancer is not a word anybody wants to hear. Um, but I feel like almost all the books I ever read that had to do with cancer, it was either a patient um, or a family member. And I hadn't ever read a book where somebody on the provider side, um, was a main character. And so there were two aspects that I really kind of wanted to highlight just what it kind of feels like to be a provider and always, um, you know, just kind of being surrounded by people going through that really all day, every day. Um, and the ups and downs of that, because there certainly are downs, but there are also so many ups. And I tried to show that too, and how 
the healthcare teams really usually band together pretty tightly to kind of get through those things. And so um, the other providers, the PA and the nurse that um, Lauren works with are so important to her. And that is how I feel those two characters are both based on the PA and MA that I work with on a daily basis. Um, I would actually at work say, whoa, whoa, what did you just say? That's going in the book, you know? And so it it just, it's very real to how really I practice um, at my cancer sitter. And then um, surely this isn't a spoiler with the whole, you know, uh, romances do need to have a happily (laughs) ever after. I also sort of wanted to write a happy cancer book, if that's not a weird way to say it. Cancer is not something that I in any way in the book mean to treat lightly. Um, There are ups and downs in the book. Um, But I also, as a provider, do see happy stories. Like there are people that have good outcomes and that does happen and it's possible. And I kind of wanted to highlight that too. So that's great. That's really great. Cause I, I mean, as a reader, um, you know, my, my life has been pretty lucky in many ways. And so I don't have a lot of personal, you know, connections with, with many of the books I read, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, as you do get older, you start to encounter some of the things that the characters have had. And, and it, it is quite interesting to have gone through something that a character is going through, you know, or, or, or not. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, you're writing a, a happy, a happy cancer book, like you said, because um, I think people who have lived through that probably would like to see that. They don't always, you know, they might not connect with something that um, has that kind of the difficulty of it, but they really might appreciate something that has the happiness, you know, aspect. So very cool. Yeah, we always need a little bit of hope. Yeah. So this kind of works well into a Facebook question that we just got. Do you plan the storyline when you start or do you start and see where it leads you? So whoever wants to answer first can go ahead because it's... Go ahead, Yafa. Sure, I'll go. I usually do an outline, but I end up revising it as I go along. As I get a better connection with the characters, I end up changing it and usually end up someplace totally different, but equally or, you know, ultimately more satisfying than the original. Um, I am definitely a panster, which just for anybody who doesn't know kind of our definitions, we have plotters who, um, you know, kind of line everything out. I know some people who have, okay, I need this many scenes and then a certain incident and then this many scenes (laughs) of this. And I, that makes me want to cry. Um, (laughs) I, I'm a pantser, which is I fly by the seat of my pants. And there are people who mix. It sounds like Yafa's maybe a planster. But I, you know, I have a general idea, um, but I really, I heard at RWA, one of the romance uh, meetings, somebody describe the sensation of the way a uh, Panster writes is walking into fog and you're kind of like, okay, this is gonna, I'm going to end up somewhere. And that really is how I feel when I write. I, um, I, I often tell people there's, um, a part of perfect distraction of the book where, you know, there's always kind of a, a place where the characters are separated and in my head that they were going to be separated for two more chapters. Uh, and then I'm writing and all of a sudden they're making out and I was like, (laughs) whoa, guys, (laughs) but it stayed. Uh, So they kind of deviate on their own. (laughs) 
Yeah, I I can't imagine. I feel I, I'm I'm a person that that likes order in in my life, and I love Me lists, too. and I love <laughs> things like that. But I feel like if I was to sit down and write a book, I feel like I would probably be a pantser. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so fun to I sit down and I'll like be writing for an hour, and then I'll come out and I'll be like, I did not see that coming. Like, <laughs> it's just it's really kind of fun to think that there's that kind of inner muse in there somewhere that's kind of directing the steps that I don't really intentionally do. It's fun. Yeah. Very, very cool. Writing is such a, such a cool creative process, but, um, the books that you guys have just written, do you, or, and, and any other books you have written or played with, um, you know, through your writings, do you feel like what you have written is different than the books you started reading uh, or grew up reading? And if so, how would you say that they are different? And we'll start with Allison. Um, I think the main way they're different is, as I, I kind of mentioned that I started reading historical romance. Um, that's probably the biggest difference with kind of what got me into romance <laughs> um, is that I write contemporary. I love the idea of writing historical, but I just, I truly can't imagine ever doing that justice. And so I'll just be a forever fan of those kind of books. Um, I think the thing that I do similarly to, you know, in the contemporary world, some of my favorite authors, I think some of the things that I do similarly are writing books with really kind of deep emotion, but also humor, like, you know, kind of, I wouldn't necessarily call my books like rom-coms, but I do, it just kind of naturally comes out with a lot of kind of dry humor. Uh, and so I think, um, those are things that are similar to some of the books I love, but the historical contemporary part is completely different. <laughs> How about for you, Yafa? Like Allison, I started out reading historical. So I'd say that's the biggest difference is that when I started out reading romance, I read mostly historical and I write contemporary, but I wouldn't say that I would never do historical, just that I <laughs> have to be up to the headspace in terms of research and like Allison said I, I would be afraid not to do it justice so like quarantine time is not the time that I'm going to be starting that because it's just I know that I'm not in that headspace to do like acute historical research like that's not going to happen right now so I might come back to it in the future but I think like I need to give myself that um, birth to just say, okay, like that's not going to happen and don't even try right now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like now is not the time for brand new things. Right. You know, yeah. I feel like yeah. in general creativity um, is a little bit harder to find in these times um, just because it's just stressful in a lot of different ways. And so um, yeah, I, <laughs> I can understand <laughs> If anything, I could do a historical that would be like 20 years ago or, you know, like when I was in high school, <laughs> I know exactly what was going on. Totally 80. <laughs> that's, well, that's 40 years ago now. What am oh, I talking yeah, about? Don't make me feel old. Oh, oh. Ago, you know, I think it was totally different. Oh my gosh. Um, Jessica, are you taking the next one? Yeah, absolutely. So both of you have kind of talked about the reasoning behind the books, um, you put what's familiar, things that are um, near to your heart. 
But what's important for you to have in your books when you write? What do you want the readers to get from your stories? And I guess start with, <laughs> yeah. I think that for my main character, Lumi, it was important for me to feel that she had met her match when she came together with Julian. Not something that she would have thought from the beginning. And then also that was necessary for it to be unexpected. This is something Allison said before also about uh, conflict intention. But if they met and they just recognized, then that was it. Like, you know, where's the tension? Where's the growth? I mean, it was important for me for both of them to have a growth arc and also to come to feel that in each other, they had met their match and just to have that develop over the, the course of the, the story. And then also it became important to me to have an element that went beyond the five senses, because that's something that I'm very curious about. Not to say that I have any answers. I don't have any answers about what's beyond the five senses. <laughs> I've gotten that question before too. Like, oh, do you know something about that? Like, no, I don't know anything about that, but I think it's very interesting. So that's important to me too, to have, or at least on this project it was. I don't know if in a future project I would continue that because I also wouldn't, it would have to be organic. I wouldn't have to, you know, it wouldn't be like, oh, well now this one's going to be like, you know, the opposite, which I've toyed with, but ultimately said like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but although I can say that I have thought about doing a future project where it does continue the the food and cooking theme, but a different, um, you know, different couple and different um, businesses, different projects. I love romances that have to do with cooking. Like No Reservations is one of my favorite movies. So as soon as I saw your book on NetGalley, I was like, oh, there's cooking involved. They probably aren't going to like each other at first. So it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I was so excited. Okay, so for perfect distraction, I think the thing that was important to me, maybe for the reader to take away is that love can come up in totally unexpected places. Um, I actually did a blog post and now I don't recall where it is on the internet, <laughs> which, which blog it's on. I'm sorry. Somewhere. Uh, it was um, yeah, somewhere out there in the avoid. Um, but it was what, uh, Sorry, I lost my train of thought when I kind of got on the internet, but um, what did I want people to kind of take away from it? And I kind of started talking about how I love stories about how couples have met when it, they didn't see it coming. Um, you know, they're just like, this person just came out of nowhere. And I like, or I was not looking in any way, shape or form for love right now. Um, and so I think even in an oncologist's office where no, nobody rolls into the oncologist's office expecting to meet the love of their life. But it's just the idea that you really, it can happen anywhere and it can happen when you're least expecting it. Um, and I think in this book and really in almost every book that I've ever written or kind of thought about, um, though the women have pretty strong career lines. Um, that's just something that, um, has just been a big part of my life is pursuing a career um, and doing a lot of things, which um, raising children is absolutely career. So I'm never going to say that someone who's not outside the home, any, any, just, I, I, that's just been something that I've kind of without even in, intending to written into every um, woman, the kind of heroine in my books is that they have kind of career aspirations. And sometimes the guys get in the way of that and they're not really sure how to think about that because like, Hey, I have a plan for my life. I have a plan for my career. And then you came in and you're kind of messing it up a little bit. So, 
I, um, I appreciate that. I like, I mean, as a reader, I love, I read, like I said, mostly historicals, but still I, I love it when, you know, the heroine, I see her going through her passions and, and finding balance between all of the things in her life. And I think that, you know, that's something we're all looking for in life, right? <laughs> to, to find that balance. Um, and so I love to read about it. Um, so what advice would you guys give to an aspiring author? What advice do you either think is really important to give, or do you wish that you had before you got kind of rolling on your journey? Um, so let's start with Allison. Um, I think probably the two things that for me were the most important that to learn as I went and that it's really hard to learn without just going through it yourself. Cause I can say it all day long and people probably said it to me is that it just the really kind of like Yafa almost said that she almost gave up at the querying is just the advice of don't give up. And, and also just know that at the beginning, like it's going to take some work and some craft honing, you know, like I went into writing my first novel thinking, you know, like I said, well, this one, you know, I'll publish this one first. <laughs> and I don't think that one will ever see the light of day. It, it may not. Um, and just your expectations need to adjust as you go. And that's okay. Um, looking back, there's so many things that I expected or thought that are not what happened. And, but I'm so thrilled with the end product that I have right now in perfect distraction. And so all those things really led to this. And so just any bump in the road, don't take that as uh, I should stop, take that as a, okay, I just need to pivot a little bit and maybe rearrange. And then the other thing is just really finding your people, finding like I have and, and Yafa has on Twitter um, or somewhere else in a local writing group, um, just finding other authors and writers because there really are so many unique things about writing that are hard to muddle through. And having people that understand that, um, my husband certainly doesn't understand my writing. My mom doesn't understand my writing. You know, I, like they support me, but it's not the same as somebody who's doing it with you. So those are my two things. Great advice. For uh, how about you, Yafa? Definitely don't give up. And then I would also say, don't tell yourself that you're done. Always be open to not being done because I think there were so many different stages in the process. You know, I finished the first draft. Oh, I'm done. You know, then the second draft, then the third, then the 25th. Then, you know, you send it to your agent. They're like, here's all these edits to do. Then you send to editor. You're, you're going to go through it so many times. So I feel like if you don't even get that idea in your head that you're done, not that you have resistance, but I feel that when you come back, you know, like, I probably had a few minutes. I was like, you know, man, I thought I was done. And, and you know, but you're never done when you, when they tell you, we sent it off to print final. And then even then you would have a revision, you know, you could see like tomatoes spelled wrong and you're going to send it back. And like the next, the next round is going to be with tomatoes spelled right. Like it, you're never done. I think it's good to have that mindset. And then you'll be that much more welcoming of the changes and edits that need to happen for you to get your final product. Also stellar advice. I mean, definitely. And I think it, it shows that, you know, you guys had, had these moments and, uh, I, I think, uh, aspiring authors will appreciate hearing that from you guys for sure. Can I just add really quickly Please. that even when you think you're done and then when it's final, finally off to print, you read it over and you think, oh, I should have done this. I should have done yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> 
So um, now as we're kind of closing up, we have some general questions here. And the first one that I always am curious, um, I know this is a hard question, but do you guys have a favorite romance novel? We'll start with Yafa. Favorite romance novel. It is hard because there are so many excellent ones. The answer of no, I don't have a favorite is also a perfectly valid answer. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I it's. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have a favorite. I mean, it changes. It depends what day you ask me. It depends <laughs> what week you ask me. Um, very recently, I could say I read The Beast of Beswick by Amelie Howard. And I loved it. Just loved it. Like that was my my most recent favorite. I have not yet read that one and it's in my list and I am looking forward to it. So. <laughs> I devoured it. Oh, sounds uh, like I should add it to mine. I've been slogging through um, a, a required reading book uh, for, for our podcast that I'm not in love with. So <laughs> I definitely need to treat myself to something <laughs> extra fun uh, after that. So <laughs> how about you, Allison? So I have two, so I'm sorry. I can't, I have two. Uh, we'll allow it. <laughs> uh, Colleen Hoover's Ugly Love. Um, I have read that book over and over. Colleen Hoover is who I aspire to be. Um, and in my own way, I know every author is different. Um, and then uh, jumping to kind of historical, The Bronze Horseman by Paulina Simmons or Simons. I'm not sure how she pronounced her last name, but those two um, I've read over and over and just adore both of them. Awesome. So hopefully uh, those those watching and listening now have some some extra <laughs> recommendations after they read your guys's books, of course. <laughs> okay. So before our little closing questions, I want to know what is your favorite library memory. So either of you can start. Whoever can think of one first. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about this. Uh, because, you know, thinking about, you know, kind of library hosting the podcast, I was kind of, or the Facebook Live, I was kind of trying to think about, I didn't go to the library a lot um, as a kid, it, which is, it wasn't something that we did kind of as our activity, but there was a family I babysat um, when I was, gosh, maybe 17, and it was something their family did routinely, and so their mom encouraged me to take the kids to the library, uh, you know, almost every day that I kind of would take them to the pool or wherever. Um, and that's actually the first place that I really experienced how just cool and engaging libraries could be just with so many different, um, like planned activities and readings and things just to get um, people engaged. And I remember also her mom would say, you know, let them check out whatever they want. And if, if they ever want to take you to a bookstore, you, they they can buy whatever they want at a bookstore always. And I will pay you back no matter what. Like their mom was so into reading and books, no matter what she just said, don't, you know, you can't go buy them toys, but if they want books, never say no. And I loved it. I'll always remember that. That's wonderful. I will say that when I was a child, I didn't go to the library. It wasn't until high school and it wasn't until college that I ever wanted to work in a library. So I understand not growing up with it. Yafa, do you have a library? Yes. When I was in college, I lived off campus and the library was sort of my second home. I went there for everything. It was open 24 hours a day. So I have to write papers late. I, I would go there until two o'clock in the morning, write papers, 
they had um they had these bean bags that you could sleep on so i mean i i, I feel uncomfortable saying i slept at the library <laughs> but i did um, i would take a nap when i couldn't go home between classes i would i would sleep there and then also of course check out new books and go to they always had events going on so sometimes i would just come to get a book and then meet an author who was there and start talking to them and you know hear hear their talk so they had art also sometimes they had some installation so it was just an awesome place to to get involved with books and authors and art and then occasionally take a nap too <laughs> um so uh in closing now, um, we're curious, and I'm sure everyone is curious, what is next for you? You guys have just, well, one one of you has just published a novel. One of you is just about to have your novel come out. So uh, what's next? Um, let's start with Yafa. Well, I would like to work on another story that continues the theme of food and cooking. I think I might do baking because I also like, I love baking and yeah. People always ask, you know, oh, are you a cooker or a baker? Like, I don't know. I do both. <laughs> I do. And I, I mean, cooking, I do more regularly because we can't eat baked goods every day. I mean, we could theoretically, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I cook every day. I don't bake every day, but I love it. And I have a lot of recipes. So I'm thinking I might want to do something with that. The, the point where I'm getting stuck on is like, is it happening before the, you know, the, this is it happening after the situation? What's that going to look like? If that isn't, then when is it going to be? So I may just start and not set the dates. That's another thing is you can always go back and change the dates. I mean, I can just say like, I mean, hopefully, right? I can say like, it's June, 2020. And, you know, here we are in the bakery. And then, you know, if that doesn't work out, I can just go back and change it later. So I might just do that. Great. How about you, Allison? What's next? Um, so I have... I just, the voices in my head don't stop. And so I have written two books since I wrote um, Perfect Distraction. I just, it's, I'm, I'm abnormal. I don't. So I, uh, one of them is in the same world and it's a follow-up with two characters that are in Perfect Distraction. You know, they're standalones, but they, you know, do have shared characters. And so that one, um, hopefully, um, Hopefully I'd be able, I'll be able to say it's going to be published soon. Who, you know, that kind of stuff. It's uh, not always up to me, but I hope I would love to put that one uh, out in the world. And then um, my, the other one is uh, an enemies to lovers book with a drug rep uh, and a healthcare provider, a PA. So um, that one is one that I'm looking at with my agent right now. So she's kind of reviewing her thoughts on it. So um, I've still kind of kept in the healthcare setting uh, for now, not that I think I'll always stay that way, but, um, so far I've kind of, again, right. What, you know, and healthcare is what I know. So <laughs> sounds great and exciting for both of you. So, um, so now where can readers find you and, uh, where and when can they get your book? Uh, we'll start with Allison. Um, Perfect Distraction is on any digital platform. Um, so, you know, Nook, Kobo, Kindle, all that kind of thing, Google Play, uh, iBooks. And then it is paperback uh, on Amazon. Um, and then um, I am very active with um, my writing kind of accounts on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then I do have a Facebook page. I don't use that one as much. Um, and a website, um, author, Allison, But, um, Allison author, 
trying to remember all my name, my my tag, but um, Allison Author, I believe, is my Twitter, and then Author Allison Ashley is my Instagram. <laughs> uh, but I am very active on all of those um, social media sites. Great. Yafa? Yes, I'm on Instagram as Yafa Santos Author. It's Yafa Santos dot author. <laughs> and then I'm on Twitter. Well, if you go to my Instagram, you'll find it more complicated. <laughs> yeah. I don't confuse everybody, but I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I'm most, most active on Instagram. And I have the pre-order links for, for Taste of Stage in my Instagram profile and Twitter profile. Uh, May 19th, it's going to be available as a paperback from, you know, all the major book retailers and then also as an ebook. So for whoever wants to check that out, you can go to to my Instagram and there's the pre-order link right there in the bio. Brilliant, brilliant. Yes, and I will pop in and say that Allison's book is also available on Hoopla and we're gonna get your books Yafa as soon as it's available. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know what that was until somebody said they read it <laughs> from Hoopla and I was like, oh my gosh, is it like up on some like piracy site? <laughs> I didn't know what that was. <laughs> And then I was really excited that it was like a library site. I got super excited. So <laughs> it's legit. <laughs> it is legit. <laughs> well, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to our authors, Allison and Yafa and Zoe. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Now, before I officially close, I'm going to let Zoe talk a little bit about her podcast and she spent time with us. I know you gotta gotta do the plug, right? So, <laughs> hi everyone. Uh, I have a podcast called Tea and Strumpets. We talk about historical romance novels. We do a synopsis and then a discussion. We also have author interviews like this one. So, if you enjoyed what you saw here today, we've got a few of those. And wherever we are, everywhere you can find podcasts, and our website is bromancepod.com. Yes, and I recommend that you listen to them all because they are wonderful. So just really quickly before we end, I want to let people know that right now our spring virtual activity challenge is going on at the library. You just go to our website, sign up, and you can get points for doing digital activities and possibly win some e-gift cards. We also have tons of free digital resources available from the library. We have Hoopla, we have Libby, so you can have the e-books, you have the e-audiobooks, we, we have as much as we possibly can. And you can always check out our calendar to see what digital events are going on with the library. And we hope to see you next week on May 16th with authors Zoe Forward and Mariah, I think it's Ankman. And then we're we'll going to sure confirm with her. <laughs> it's on this video. So, so that's all I got. Thank you again. Thank you. We hope to see you next time. Tea and Strumpets is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Hey, everybody. We are Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. And I'm the romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And every week we read a different romance novel and then we talk about what we loved about it. We talk about all of our favorite tropes. We talk about only one bed, secret places. Secret places. That's mine. You stole it. <laughs> Every trope under the sun. 
Mm-hmm. And to give you a little taste of our show, we're going to play a clip from an episode where we reviewed Lorian Donner's Fury. Justice was a secret perv. He wanted to bust it in see sex. Oh, I mean, we can tell you every single time they had sex or anything, Justice busted in. And it's like, just be cool, dude. Uh-huh. But also, Fury, put a sock on the door. Like, just be like, I'm banging my girlfriend. Yeah. Don't come in. <laughs> bro code. <laughs> Did the new species not know about bro code? Learning the Tropes comes out every Wednesday, and you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. So come check us out. 